Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Compound Podcast. This is episode 67. 67. Episode 67. We have a very exciting episode. We have a guest. Yes, that's right. We have a guest. It's not Arietta. It's not Rizzo. He's way cooler. He's way more famous. It's Brett Eldridge. Huge Cubby fan. And uh, he is playing his first show since the pandemic on Thursday in Chicago, which is really cool. Um. Ian, you forgot to say, presented by Parse Rum. Presented uh, by Parse Rum. Which you can't forget because they were yeah. in Des Moines, Iowa last week and left me quite the care package. Tell us about it. He left me seven cases, and a case has six bottles of rum in it. That's 42 bottles of rum. So thank you very much to Parse for that. I literally just carried in cases into the locker room and was handing it out like Christmas Day. I was like, who likes rum? Who wants a bottle? Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Handing them out. So Trevor Williams yesterday mm-hmm. came up to me and goes, hey, had some of your rum. Pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. He was rehabbing with you guys. He was on the and- bus list. We drank it on the bus. And on the bus, and yeah, he said he drank it on the bus, and he was like, "It's." It, I was like, "Yeah, it's more. It's because he's a big whiskey guy." I was like, mm-hmm. "It's kind of got a whiskey." When you think about rum, like when I think about rum, I don't really think about it as like dark and like the eight or twelve year parse. And he was like, "Yeah, it's more like whiskey. It's really good." And he was he's a parse fan now, so nice conversion. You got him. Let's go. I got him. You're welcome, Zach. You're nasty. Are you nasty? You're nasty. Zach, you're kind of nasty. You're kind of nasty. Hey, let's just say me and Scott Efros were watching every one of his at-bats the last two days, and we no, got that's... real close to stop watching after those six in a row. I'm going to be honest with you. We you thought maybe we were the problem. No, he had six straight punchies, and we were like, hey, we might there. be the problem. Been we there. might not be able to watch anymore. To be fair, Zach, I didn't watch your home run. Scott did. So that's on me that you struck out. Ever. Tune in to another Go Tigers game. We will not be friends. I couldn't watch. We were watching in the locker room on Sunday, and you, like, struck out on the heater, like, 95 at the letters. I'm like, God, Zach sucks. Come on, man. Catch the fastball. (laughs) Dude, that day, I felt horrible going into the box. And then, like, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, And I just felt myself speeding everything up, and I, like, by the third and fourth at bat, I was just like, get me the fuck off of this baseball field. And then the worst part, this is, oh, my God, in my oh, third or fourth strikeout, I don't know which one it was, I swung at a pitch and let go of the bat. So, stop. You're in shambles at this point. Where the photographers are, it's like a little, like their own little area. And the poor, oh, my God, I feel so bad. You hit somebody. 
our photographer uploading pictures on her camera. She's not watching the game. Hits off of the wall, smokes her in the chin. She has to get three stitches. So, like, I don't see it hit anybody because it goes over a few people's heads. I'm like, oh, thank God. So the bat boy brings me out another bat. And, like, as I'm taking the bat, I see her with blood everywhere. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And I, I'm walking to the plate with that image in my mind. And I'm like, I, like, half swing at a pitch. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. And, like, I just walked straight over there. She was. She already got taken out. And I was just like, do you expect me to hit after I just saw somebody get smoked by something that I did? A little more pine tar. Maybe a little uh, spider tack and you would have held on, you know? Yeah, to carry those Atlas stones. Uh, Zach, tell us really quick about the new Rangers. Th- also, wait, you made a nasty play yesterday, all right? The play was way cooler than the homer. Diving play up the middle, glove flip, double play, sick play. I have a little bone to pick with John Boy. Why is that? Love John Boy. Big, big we're John Boy podcast. We love John Boy media. <laughs> but the sequence, guys, they, every day they tweet out top plays. I think you were number two, Oh, which is one? just <laughs> clean it up. That's a crime. And, and the other thing is when they tweeted it or they Instagram the top plays and you were number two. They didn't say like colleague, like John Boy Media employee Zach Short with the like. I mean, I mean, first of all, can we get a little favoritism for a you know a colleague? And second, like let's acknowledge that this guy he has a day job. You know, it's a podcasting. How else am I supposed to support my family? You know, it like, just said like it just said like rookie Zach Short of the Tigers gets yeah. a, makes a play. Didn't say ZS fifty nine. Tell you that. Well, hey, uh, I will say. They are going through some stuff right now with the Yankees. They every day their tweets, they're they're in shambles as the John Boy media fans. I will give that. Is is Zach and the Go Tigers calling out the Yankees? Shut up. I I hear it because you you guys swept them at home too, Zach. I mean you weren't there, but technically. Oh, hey, you bite your tongue. I was you, there when you played the Yankees. Yep, for the last two games that I was there, I played on the Sunday game. I went one for two with two walks. Thank you very much. Yeah, you did. That's when you got called back up, right? Yep, on my birthday. Go so, Tigers. Dakota, I expect an apology. Fuck you, Dakota. I apologize. I was wrong. Zach, uh, tell us about the new Ranger Stadium because I wish I could have played there last year. Ian, Dakota, when I tell you guys this is a di- like completely different planet of baseball, that whatever I say is not going to do justice. You walk in or whatever, and it, they have a game room. They have it's like a home clubhouse, but you're on the road. That's how Atlanta is. Atlanta's new That's ballpark. It's like so a home. All club the guys club. who said that they were there, they were like, "Man, and I thought fucking Atlanta was nice. Like this makes Atlanta look like a joke, bro." I'm telling you, and everything is personalized for you. They give you like a a sheet when you get there. It's like, hey Zach, like welcome to Globe Li- or Globe. I don't know what it's called. Globe Life. Yeah, Globe Life, you know, like, here are your clubhouse managers. If you need a tea time, let us know. Here's what's on the menu this week. Here's what's, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's you, – you get lost. I have gone on the field, like, four times just between BP, stretching, whatever. I got lost each time. Like, I went a different route each time in the field. And I just didn't recognize any spot I've been. I love that. That's how every – clubhouse should be does that make you think when you go back to comerica you're like gosh damn it that's what aj was saying yesterday he's like hey you assholes like this if you guys make the playoffs i promise you i'll get everything i'll get everything renovated i promise 
The Tigers making a push, low key. Go Tigers. Low key. ZS59, kind of a spark. What do they call you? The spark plug? Pants up guy. I, I've been going pants down. Yeah. What that no no no. We gotta talk about that real quick. You struck out six straight times with pants down. What no, I didn't. I no you were least. pants down on Sunday. Yes, you were. No, you I didn't. Attention to I went pants Please. up because it was fourth of July and I wore my star socks that are ah. now burned. Shows how much attention I've been paying. I mean, you can't like you talk about Hey, I'm gonna be honest, Zach. The only all I mean, over media, I, I, like, oh, you know, like, oh, Zach's doing great, and you don't even. But the thing watch. is, you're the only player I care about on that team, so I don't like to watch the games because I don't care about anything else that happens except if you get a ground ball or get the hit. So I never really watch until I see the box score. And it's like, oh, he's about to be up. I'll turn it on. Dakota, I watched every single one of the Cubs game, hoping, even when you run the IL, hoping that you would get in. I mean, that's just a complete lie. That is so false. Let's go to the interview with our friend Brett Eldridge, friend of the podcast. Here he is, Brett Eldridge. The Compound Podcast is back with a very special guest, Brett Eldridge. Brett, thanks for joining us. We are pumped. This is our first guest in a long time. I want really? you to know. Just been yeah. all y'all chatting together. Well, I'm glad to. Uh, I'm glad to break it up for you. We've been we've been teasing uh, Rizzo and Arietta uh, basically all season. Yeah. Uh, and I asked those guys once a week, like, hey, you want to come on? You want to come on? You want to come on? Crickets. They all they all say, like, yeah, I'd love to come on. And then, you know, Sunday rolls around a Monday. They're like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so I'm glad. We've been talking about this for a while. We've been talking about, yeah, man. you know, trying to get you on basically since the podcast started. And um, super pumped. You're going to be in Chicago this week. Yep. Windy City Smokeout. It's your first show since quarantine right first show since you had a big tour planned for 2020 yeah my last show i think was in march of 2020 it was uh peyton manning uh asked me to be his guest to play at his uh charity event so that was the last show i played and uh that's so and that was like a you know a smaller crowd show like i don't i try to remember the last time i played like a i think actually that the show before that like with the actual crowd was in uh in Arizona when you guys were in spring training. And I think that was my last, my last show, um, like with the actual full crowd in front of it. So it's, it's been, it's been a bit, it's, it's pretty wild. Oh yeah. That's gotta be so exciting. Just oh. the first time in a, over a year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I honestly don't even know if I remember how to do it. I know it'd be like riding a bike, but it's like, I've, I've, uh, it's it's a good kind of nerves. I'm so excited, and it'll be amazing. But you just, it feels like you've never done it before at the same time because it's it's been strange. I mean, such a strange thing that we couldn't play for that long. So it's like you guys. It, it's so interesting because I was thinking about it, it's like you guys are actually able to play the the game in front of in front of empty seats. But like for an artist, it's like well, if nobody's listening to you, then it doesn't really. <laughs> yeah, you can't do it. It doesn't really. It doesn't really translate. It doesn't really work. I mean, we were doing you know, home, like stream shows and stuff for a while. And that, that, you know, obviously it's better than nothing, but it's like, there's nothing like the real thing. You know what I mean? It's, there's nothing like getting in front of, you know, and I'm sure the same thing for you guys, but like, there's nothing like playing in front of people and getting that energy and transferring that energy back and forth. That's kind of what gives you the purpose of doing it all. So. So is this, I know you recorded your last album, in Chicago, right? Yep. And that was end of 
19, early 2020. Yeah. So is this the first time actually touring on, that's the first time touring on this album, huh? Yeah, which is wild because, you know, I recorded this record as a kind of record that you would tour. You know, it's it's real artistic and it's real deep. And like you go out and you, the way you promote this record is, is, is by playing it live. So it's been pretty wild to not be able to, to make a record and, and, uh, and make a really special record like this one and not be able to go tour it. So this will be the first time I'm getting to play some of these songs and, and uh, get out there and show it. It was, it was, it was pretty, like, it'll feel like I've never played these songs because I really haven't. So <laughs> Yeah, we were, when you recorded it, I was in Chicago and Rossi was in Chicago and it was yep. right when he was interviewing for the job or just got the job. That was when he was interviewing for it, yeah. Yeah, and so we went out, we hung out and Rossi actually went to, I didn't get to go to the studio, but Rossi went to the studio and yeah. we were hanging out after and Rossi was like, it was incredible. So, yeah. Oh, he, ridiculous. It, it was he came in and and i think i i met with you i think we had dinner like the night after or, or i can't remember how it was but um he uh he came in and he was just in for the you know he was just tv baseball guy at that point you know you know and he was coming in for the interviews and stuff and he's i was like stop by the studio man and and i didn't think i had any songs i thought i recorded all the songs at this point and so, but I was like, I'll play some of the songs in the studio. And he came by and I was, I was looking at one of my producers. And I was like, man, I just don't think we nailed this song Sunday drive, which ended up being the title. I don't think we nailed it. We'd already recorded it. And I was like, um, let's go back in and let's, why don't you just go in there and sit on the piano and let's try it again. And, uh, and so Rossi was in there for that. And I, it was pretty wild. Cause you know, Rossi's got kids and everything. He's a dad. And it, this song is very reflective. And, and uh, I went in there and, and uh, I sang this in one take and I, I sang it through and I got to like the third verse and just broke down crying. It was like real deep song. Um, and uh, I look in the other room and everybody's just like, just trying to keep it together, like all emotional in the whole room. And it was, uh, I ended up just calling, doing what they call a punch in the last verse where I just, you know, the, he kept playing the piano through the part where I was crying and it was so emotional that it came across in the music. And, uh, I went back and just sang that line and, and uh, that was one of my favorite moments recording ever. And, and he happened to be there. So Chicago has been a, a big part of my music career and, and recording that record in, in Chicago. And I was in Wicker park. Um, it was amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. That's going to be, I'm sure it'll be pretty emotional playing that for the first time on stage. And we've talked a lot about mental health and yeah performing. And, you know, for us, it's performing, yeah, every day in front of 40,000 people and, and yep. uh, you know, the constant failure. And we've yeah. talked a lot about touring and what that takes out of you. And mm -hmm. like, it, have you been doing a lot of, you know, mental health preparation? Yeah. Are you ready for I, this? Yeah, I do a lot of, you know, it's all trial and errors, you know, of trying to figure out what, what works for you and what doesn't, you know, I've learned that just showing up and being scared and doing it anyways, is always is what works the best for me you know um it's you know i, I i've had my I, I used to have a point where i would like almost pass out before i went on stage and start seeing stars like i just my breath would go short i would like i couldn't catch my breath which is pretty hard to do when you have to go up there and sing in front of you know sometimes you know forty thousand people or whatever you know on the festivals or whatever you know at least you know usually ten thousand people and you you know, because you feel the pressure and uh, and I, I, I had to do a lot of work to kind of step back from that and and uh, 
just embrace not having to be perfect up there on stage and um, embrace the fact that it's actually kind of cool if you mess if you miss some notes here and there and you screw up sometimes it makes you more human and, and uh, the more I did that the more I started showing up more for it and actually enjoying the shows and looking at the other musicians and enjoying the, seeing them come alive with the music and everything I was just uh, kind of being there more in the moment and and uh, living for that has, has, has really helped me through a lot of it. And, and uh, I think that's what I'm gonna shoot for this week for my first time going back on stage, so. I saw on there on your uh, tour list that you're also going to Detroit in September, right? Yes, yeah, September I'll be there, which I've, you know, I started playing, I started touring Detroit back in the day at the 10 Man Jam. Um, and I've been playing there a long time. So Detroit, uh, we're kind of all over the place uh, for that tour. Which I was like, put me on as much as you want. I just want to get out there and play. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll be playing some pretty cool places, and and we've been we've been in rehearsals. So to see the guys playing and everything, and knowing that we're going to be out there on a bus, like I've been sleeping in a bed and not a bus for a while. So I got to like, get back out there and get the <laughs> get the wheels rolling and get used to doing all that again. But yeah, Detroit's going to be awesome. We're 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 uh, we're in some awesome places. So I'm ready for it. Better figure out if the Go Tigers are in town. I was going to ask if it was normal to have like your tour go overseas. Cause I saw in there, you go to like England and Germany, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I go, uh, I've kind of started making the thing where I try to go every year. Um, I mean, by that, I mean the last, you know, four years or whatever, three years. I've, yeah. I've been, I've been going over there and, and uh, it's so cool because, you know, going over there, like here I could play massive venues and, you know, fill it with a ton of people over there. You're like a new artist, you know, which I mean, from the first time I went now, I'm starting to build a fan base, but it's a lot of fun to kind of feel like you're the new kid again and restarting and you go over there and there's a club, you get to play clubs again, which I haven't played clubs in so long. And, you know, there's a thousand people packed in a little room and that energy is almost everybody as exciting as a crowd of 40,000 people. I love playing in Europe. I think everybody appreciates you taking the trip over and, and, and you can feel that passion and that and that gratitude for showing up all the way over there and same thing here it's just like oh somebody cares that far you know i'm, I'm from paris illinois this little tiny town and uh, i used to only sing in you know the the cafe and at the 4-h you know or at the county fair or anything and now i'm singing overseas and in front of people that speak a different language than me it's pretty cool that's crazy I think it's so cool, the similarities between, you know, artists and athletes, you know, like you mentioned, you know, feeling the pressure, you know, going before you go out there um, and like, you know, not really not saying you don't enjoy it, but, you know, you're worried about striving for perfection so much. And, you know, I'm kind of just getting my taste of the first taste of the big leagues right now. And I've went through that where it's like, all right, I'm trying to be so perfect that I'm not enjoying yeah. playing in front of you know, 35,000 people last night where that was like the first time where I was like, holy shit, like, this is awesome. Opposed to like, all right, you know, don't fuck up here. It's like, yeah, you know, you're kind of, it's so cliche to say, but, you know, trying to be where your feet are and really enjoying that moment that you're in. It's such, it's such a privilege to have that. Oh yeah. And I, I remember at times and when I was white hot, like with the amount of crazy stuff going on in my career and I, I would be so overwhelmed and so much pressure going on with it that that like I'd be winning an award and like I wasn't even paying attention to the amazing 
thing that was happening. You know, I was just, I was just worried about keeping it together and, and uh, what was next, what was next, what was next, what was next, what was next. And for me, I had to really, you know, step back from all that. I, Cause I, I eventually got to the point where I was just so beat down from that, that I had to like, I got a flip phone and, and like, uh, I kind of got off the grid for a while. And, and that's when I, when I went to make the Sunday drive record, but I was, I was so overwhelmed by all of it. And, and then just lost the magic of it to the point where I was like, why am I even doing this anymore? And uh, I had to f- go back and find the, the love for it. And, and the love for it is getting into the one show at a time, one, one moment at a time, um, um, embracing when it, when it doesn't go so great is just, just as well as when it does and that kind of thing. And that's, that's what it's been all about for me, for sure. We will be right back to this episode of The Compound. But first, a quick message from DraftKings. First of all, I want to shout out DraftKings. They're sending the entire John Boy Media crew to the All-Star Game. It's just a week away, so we're going to be doing a ton of fun stuff uh, with all your favorite personalities throughout the company. Uh, Lots of content coming your way. Wouldn't be possible without DraftKings. Let me tell you about their promotion coming up. UFC 264 is coming up. Uh, and the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for this weekend's fight. DraftKings is offering 264-1 to 1 odds on a knockout in the first round during Saturday's main event. If the rubber match ends in a first round a knockout, you walk away with the cash. Just pick the main event fighter you think will win by first round knockout, and the DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 264-1 to 1 odds on that fighter. That's right. Bet $1 on McGregor or Poirier to win by first-round knockout, and you win $264. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, baseball, so much more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code COMPOUND when you sign up to turn $1 into $264. When you bet on a main event fighter to win by first-round knockout, place your bet and watch the fists fly this weekend. That's code COMPOUND to turn $1 into $264 only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. You got to tell us more about the flip phone because I have sent you a text and it comes up green and I go, nope, that's not, no way. I'm getting the T9 response on that one. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. Um it's the be- I mean, honestly, if you're ever looking for the next like mental, I guess hack, to, if you like want to step away, I mean, and and uh, from everything is, you know, people are always gonna tell you, oh, you need to be on social media, you know, that's your brand, you know, all that stuff. It's all bullshit to me. I think, you know, in a way, that's like it does matter in some ways. It's a good way to connect with your fans and everything. But it was like for me, what am I doing for me though? What am I? I gotta look out for me too. I gotta, I gotta. I got to feel right so I can be right for everybody else too. I got to, I got to, I got to care what I, what I'm feeling about and what I want to say and who I want to be. And uh, if I'm just looking at what everybody else wants me to be or what I'm supposed to be, then, then it was, it was just overwhelming and destroying me. So 
Um, I got the flip phone, which they still make them, believe it or not. I, I tried to find the old razor from high school, you know? Oh yeah. But I couldn't find, <laughs> I couldn't find one that worked. So I got one after a couple days, you kind of like get to the point where you're like, I don't want to have a smartphone again, other than maps. Maps was brutal because you couldn't like I went to Europe or I, I, I went to Australia and I didn't have I had a flip phone and I was like, I don't know any of the names of these streets or anything like that. So I had to like figure out different things to try to to uh, figure my way around life. But really, honestly, stepping away from it all and having the flip phone, even though you can't really text your friends, or everything, you have to call people and and everything. But for me, it was really about getting myself right at that point and. And honestly, I, I, I have a smartphone now, um, but I have it on limits. So like um, you can set limits to your apps or you can set limits to everything. So if you find yourself uh, texting too much or being on email too much or obviously Instagram or any of the social medias, you could set them to like an hour limit. And once that hour's up, you have to mind, like if you're going to scroll, you're mindfully scrolling because by the time it's an hour, then it goes and it locks you out. And I have my, uh, one of my uh, managers just set the passcode. Like you can do it a way where they have to set a passcode. So you can't get yourself back in there when you want more of that dopamine hit of like, I need to see more, I need to see more. You can't like just hit ignore or anything. You, you, uh, so I've, I've learned different hacks for that. And that's helped me a lot. We should do a week of the compound podcast with app limits because these two would be screwed. Their, their <laughs> no. screen times are through the roof. You, you are that, such a hypocrite. You were on your phone just yeah. as we are, dude. No, I always have the low. <laughs> I always have the low screen time. I'm low screen yeah, time because guy. Because you're always playing like during the day. It doesn't. You cheat the system. <laughs> so do you. Not true I don't cheat the system. Playing video games is different than being yeah. on your phone. Yeah. Okay. When Brett, when we were in the compound, where which is where we spent the time in Arizona when everything shut down. We listened yeah. to the album when it came out. And then my mom, I want you to know this because she was like, tell Brett. My mom now on the weekends, she puts Brett Elger's radio on. And that's how it was she. And she, I got her a Sonos for the house. So there's like, nice. Over the house, and it's just Brett Elger's radio as she's walking. Uh, around yeah. Stuff tell, on the big weekend. props to your mom. Tell her thank you for that. Yeah. yeah. So she's the, she's the number one supporter now. That's awesome. Back back to that flip phone thing. I'm pretty sure all the guys in the Tigers say that Castellanos, Nick Castellanos has a flip phone. Wouldn't surprise me at all. Wow. Like for that reason. Yeah. No kidding. I mean, I have a, I'm telling you, man, it, it sounds great. It's so funny because and I was thinking about this, like if I ever have kids or whatever, I'm like, I kind of don't want my kids to have a smartphone from the get go. Cause it's like, it just skews your mind. But then all of a sudden are you the crazy person? Right like when you're the one with the flip phone somehow you're the crazy person because you're not like up with the times it's like no i'm just trying to get like into my life um and so there's a bit of that where people be like wait wait you have a flip phone why why would you ever do that it's like uh i guess if you don't get it you don't get it <laughs> you know um and i'm not and i was when i was doing it, i was like i hope people don't think it's like you're you suck if you don't get a flip phone it was like not everybody ha you know has to be on their phone all the time but they are I just had an unhealthy relationship with it where I was like, I got to change it up. But um, I would, I would recommend it for sure. I would be, I would be terrified of giving like a, my 10 year old kid or 12 year old kid social media. 
Oh yeah, terrified. me too. It's completely terrified. I, I, I mean, I remember. You know, this is interesting. I was, I was on the road. I was in D.C. and I think I went and checked out a Nationals game or something. I think maybe sitting in the stands and like a kid had a, a glove on, but he also was like staring at an iPad while the game was going on. I was like, no, just let him watch the game. <laughs> we were, we were just in L.A. and a there was a famous actor sitting right behind the dugout yeah. and he had two kids with him and it was he was sitting there watching the game and the two kids just ipadded up for yeah. the entire game and they're watching the game they're nine watching innings there he is watching the game like paying attention like very excited about the game two kids yeah. dead on their ipads for nine innings Crazy. are you nervous to say who the actor is <laughs> yeah but i don't want to i don't want to say who the actor is because definitely listens to this podcast and it'll get out and so you know i don't want to i we're we're a positivity podcast we like to just always be really positive right you said you're in chicago this week right yeah i mean the la- was the last time you sang the seventh inning stretch in 16 yes they won yes. the world Se- i mean won the world yeah. series that year i don't know if that's Whoa. a coincidence but oh dude 16 i 16 was, I mean, obviously an incredible year for a lot of us. And I, but the, the thing, that was probably one of my favorite years, just career wise, you know, obviously getting to, I shot the, I shot the video for want to be that song in 16, right before, right as the season was starting at, at Wrigley. Yeah. I did the stretch. I did the, uh, I kind of did the play ball kind of thing, which is pretty funny. Cause I remember I was sitting by Vince Vaughn and the Hawk. It was such a trip. And I went down to do the play ball announcement and I'm looking and I'm about to do it. And, you know, um, and I see Bill Murray just staring at me like, "You got this." He just kept like, <laughs> it, it was like he was, it was like one of those Bill Murray moments where he was like looking at me like, he, he was like, like I was. It was so strange, and uh, it was just me and him like looking at each other, and uh, and then I I did I just like yelled out you know play ball or whatever because I said something I don't remember what all I said but and then. Uh, and then I'm not saying I'm, I'm the reason that we ended up winning the World Series. I'm just saying it was a good luck charm that year. That's right. That's like a, any, any little piece, any little incremental piece helps. <laughs> we're all playing a part. But uh, anyway, I did the stretch that year a couple of times. And, and uh, I need to get back up there and do that. Ian, make it happen. Make I it know. happen. We have, to, we have to make it happen. Cubby, Cubbies need something. Cubbies yeah. need a little spark. Let's go. How did that video come about? How did you guys end up? Was it like super difficult to get Wrigley and to be able to shoot there it was yes well, yes but no i mean i guess um they never shot like a music video there or anything like that it was yeah i mean i couldn't i couldn't believe it but you know I, i've been fortunate through the years to, to get to know a lot of the the amazing staff there and everybody and, and so i you know and and uh, you know I, I go way back to when uh when riz first started on the team and, and he and, and rossi were i think this might have been rossi's first year at the cubs too they both came and knocked on my bus door and they had missed the little private show that I had around the corner and you know, the old crow uh, barbecue mm-hmm. spot down there. And uh, they came and knocked on the bus door cause they wanted to see the show, but they didn't get there cause of the game and uh, came up and we had a jam on the bus and we all became friends. And, and I've just kind of for years, you know, now gotten to know several people and, and, uh, and uh, somehow got in there and got to play be a kid you know like playing on the field like with no one was around and uh um they were very very cool about it so 
uh, I had a blast doing it. And, and I just wanted to do a video that kind of captured the nostalgia of what the song did with Want to Be That Song of um, the, the big moments in your life and drew this whole kind of scenario out in my head for the video and then um, shot it there. My brother was in it and a couple of my cousins were in it and some of my best friends. And we just kind of staked out a whole thing of an empty Wrigley Field. And and uh, it was kind of like a dream sequence for somebody and, and it ended up being really cool. And I had to shave my beard for it. So I looked like I was 12. Um, <laughs> that's like the only time I've shaved my beard since my career kind of began in like 2009, like people were so weirded out by it. Uh, Cause you know, people didn't have beards in the 19, you know, 19, early 1900s. And that's kind of what it was set in. So uh, I had to go full on for it. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it was an awesome video. And, and then I debuted it um, at Wrigley that year in 2016, like on the, before the game started um, up on the, on the big, on the big screen. It is pretty crazy once you're on Wrigley, like without people and you kind of are just looking around, like looking up at the scoreboard and the press box and everything. It's just, it has like a different presence when you're out there. It totally does. I mean, obviously it's amazing when it's packed and that energy, but it, it does have this crazy kind of, you can also almost, I, I looked the other day, I looked at like old, old photos of people in the early 1900s in Wrigley and like all these people aren't alive anymore. It's like, it's so crazy to me, but then you look at it and you're thinking like just the energy and the stories and the history and the, and the things that, that happened in this place all the way back then and all this, all, all those moments those people have and full of life and everything. And this kind of keeps, keeps being passed on in that, in that tradition, the beautiful thing. And so I think when you sit in there, when it's empty, you kind of feel that presence of all that a little bit, which is really cool. Yeah, it does. It has its own heartbeat because you yeah. think about like you think about that like the early 1900s people watching games you think about babe ruth called a shot at wrigley like when you think yeah. about some yeah. of the things the historic things that happened there some of the people that played there uh it, it's crazy and you walk out there and you really yeah. you feel it and when the thing that i always tell people is when we had the old dugouts which they were there when you know in 16 and like they, they were redone at 18 the old dugout made you feel really like it was like this presence because it was all just kind of carved into the base of Wrigley it was all like that concrete and it was tiny and you were on top of each other and you felt like this is Ernie Banks and like this is where he sat like he was hanging out right here there's a little urinal around the corner and we called it Ernie Banks toilet like it was like (laughs) that's it was the made you feel the tunnel system made you feel like this is the exact same spot where every person that's played for the Cubs has walked through for the last hundred years. Yesterday we were talking pregame. AJ was talking about, you know, just the new and old stadium. Yeah. AJ Hinch was talking about, you know, the new and old stadiums because yesterday was our first time here in Texas. And he was talking about, and Fenway, the away locker room is really far away from the dugout. And I guess there's a bathroom like halfway. And he's like, every time I go, it's like, I have to pee in there because of how many famous people peed in that same <laughs> urinal. It's like, I'm going in there. And yeah, absolutely. Brett, thank you so much for joining us. I can't wait to hear about this weekend and Thursday, <laughs> getting back on tour. Um, and thanks for finally getting coming on and, us actually having a guest because now we feel like we're a <laughs> podcast where we have guests and actually things that other podcasts well, do. I'm glad to do it and we'll, we'll do it again 
uh, here uh, in the next season or something. And I'll, I'll, I'm working on my next record now, so I'm, um, we can talk about that in the next one. And, and, uh, and uh, yeah, hopefully I'll get to uh, see y'all. Uh, you can see me maybe up in the stands on, on Saturday. I'll hopefully be catching the game. So Yeah, we'll see you out there Saturday, and Zach will see you at the Go Tigers yeah. in Detroit. Yes. That's Remember, right. Coming. Uh, Zach, I right. checked. You guys are in Tampa when he's uh, – Oh, bummer, man. Damn. It's all right. There's going to be more. Yeah. There's going to be a lot more. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. Hell yeah, guys. Yeah, thank you. Buddy. Well, thank you all, and uh, good luck in the rest of your seasons, and uh, we'll, we'll talk at you soon. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. That was Brett Eldridge. I'm so happy that we finally got a guest. I feel like we're, I feel like we're a real, real podcast again. Remember when Jeez. we used to have guests every week? He is absurdly famous. Yeah. Yeah. People love him. Yeah. I actually was, I was, uh, humble brag. Exactly. I was out with him in Nashville. We went to dinner back in, back in 2019. Wait, and, whoa, whoa, whoa. wait, Dakota, you were there in 2019, weren't you? Where? In Nashville in 2019. You were there, right? Yeah. Weren't you as well? Yeah, I was. I didn't, I didn't meet him. Did you yeah, meet Dakota? Right Dakota had yet to say hello to me. I was terrified of you. You're God mean. Uh, so just going to dinner with him in Nashville. He's so famous. He's so famous, and he's sneaky. He's like six, six, six five. Yeah. he's a big guy. Zach, he's six four. By the way, um, six four. <laughs> Zach, why is that funny? That I know that. I looked him up. I looked him up. Fucking weirdo. Um, How much does he weigh, huh? <laughs> it doesn't say that on Google. Yeah, sorry. I'm sure. Zach's a big country guy, too, so he uh, he was excited. I don't know how you don't even like – like, you, you like, hate country. No, I don't hate it. Yeah. I, it's fucked up, Zach. Because Zach, Zach thinks he's – Zach thinks he's hard. Zach thinks he's – Zach's like, like, oh, I'm from Kingston, New York. I'm from – Hurley, New York, man. I'm, I'm I listen to just rap. Yeah, so so hardcore. If Brett, if you guys were actually in town in Detroit when Brett was playing, you would have been so freaking cool. If you would have invited people to like go backstage and hang out with him, you would have been. You would have. Wow, what a rookie move that would have been. Being oh. like, hey boys, I got a fucking Brett's I got a hookup. I got you backstage. September is a lifetime away. You could have taken road. You could have taken your boy AJ with you, and you would have played every game for the rest of the year. How about how he just casually goes AJ? Like everyone knows who he is. Like say his last name, okay? Yeah, clean it up. I mean, it sounds weird. Whatever. What are your screen times? Yeah, let's do screen what times. Else you say? Come on. Hey Dakota, do you know this episode was presented by Parse Rum, and that Binnies all around Chicago have uh, updated stocks of uh, Parse and that parsley rum is the best rum ever and that you plant a tree every time you drink a bottle? Oh, that's what I was going to say. I got so many when I say parsley, you say rums in Indianapolis, like absurds amount. I like saw every, uh, every game I'd walk out and I'd get five to six. I told a story on a podcast the other day about in Cincinnati, I was walking out off the field after BP going down the tunnel and a guy was on top of the dugout looking at me dead in the eyes like this. When I say Parsi, you say Rob. And I was like, ah. like, oh, my God. Some people know. I just want to know it. if he expected me to look back at him and go like, Rob. 
that some people when they do it, they don't ever say parsa. They just say when I say parsa, you say rum. And I just like look at him. I'm like, you gonna say it? I was like, I can't say it until you say it. All right, let's do screen time. Uh, Dakota, have you figured your screen time out? Yeah, I figured it out. Uh, yeah, six no, hours. Really? What? Six hours, 27 minutes. That seems probably light for you. I mean, I'll show you it. Five hours and 20 520? I had 410 because, Zach, like I said, no I'm always way. the low screen. Zero time percent. No. I'm always low screen no, time no, guy. No. It, nope. And the day before nope. that, I had four. Guess what, though? A kind of guy that's a low screen time guy. The reason mine was 627 it, is Sunday uh, night. <laughs> we were on a bus until 4 a.m. I got all that time um, on my screen time. Get yesterday. some sleep. Get some sleep. Take take a rest. Maybe put some limits. Listen to Brett. I seriously think I seriously think you guys can consider it. Maybe we'll talk about it next week. I actually think we should do one week, just one week, limits. Yeah, yeah. You guys are gonna have fun with that. Enjoy it. Yeah, I'm busy. Yeah, I'm. I'll do it for sure. I got a lot lot of stuff to do that week. You guys are jokes. I know myself, and I know if I'd put a limit on it, I would just type in the code and just go right through the. Have Efros. Have you would have have Efros put your code in and not tell you. And I'd hey. go give him noogies and wedgies until he gave me the code. And Zach can have his buddy AJ put his code in. <laughs> yeah, his boy hey, AJ. Skip. Uh, hey, Skip, will you put a code in my phone? Either that I- or the Dutch oven. <laughs> it's episode 67 of the Compound Podcast presented by Parse Rum. We had a guest. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. This is the last episode with Zach on, guys. So I appreciate everything. Oh, it's too big league for us. You heard it here first. Got to go hang out with the Dutch oven and Robbie. Robbie episode Gross, 67. RG, my guy. Episode 67. You know, Zach's changed so much. Stop talking. I haven't eaten breakfast or had coffee yet. So shut the fuck up. Oh my God. Do you see how he speaks to me now? He would never talk to me like that in Toledo. Who talks? Hey everybody, it's Talking Jake here, and I want to tell you about a new podcast and video series you're not going to want to miss, The Deal. Every week, A-Rod and Bloomberg reporter Jason Kelly speak with big-time athletes, entertainers, executives, Maria Sharapova, Strahan, Jeter, and more. The Deal takes you behind the scenes into those worlds of sports, media, and entertainment. From Bloomberg Podcasts and Bloomberg Originals, you can listen to The Deal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.